The following is a sermon that was preached at Faith Lutheran Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia. For more information about our church or to hear past sermons from Faith Lutheran, visit georgiafaith.com. Thank you for listening. How would you describe it? Husbands and wives try and define it in so many terms in the words of a card. They try and give gifts to each other to capture its essence. People have made movies about it. They've sung songs all about it. What is it? Is it just a feeling? Is it a little bit of an ability? Is it a choice? Is it a little bit of each? Is it the kind of thing that you recognize, but you can't quite find the words to describe it? Love. What is it? It seems that everyone has their own different definition for it these days. You can look around in the world, you can turn on the news, you can see how many definitions people throw out. Love can look like anything. It can exist between anyone. The world says you can have a love that requires no commitment, but you reap all the benefits. Is that love? The world has a garbled, misinformed definition for love, and it seems to be always changing. Now, maybe more than ever, the world needs the reminder of what love really is. And there was once a church that needed that reminder, too. The church in the small city of Corinth was a gifted congregation. God had blessed them with special spiritual gifts. Some of the members could prophesy and tell the future. Others had the power to heal other people. Some could speak different languages. And they loved their gifts. The Corinthians would use their gifts in worship at any chance they could. God had given them to be used to his glory and for the good of those around them. And so if you lived in Corinth at that time and you found yourself in the synagogue with the Corinthians on the Sabbath, you would have seen these gifts and you probably would have thought, this is a gifted, successful congregation. But there was a big problem just below the surface. You see, the Corinthians valued their gifts so much that they started to boast. They became proud of their gifts, and suddenly it wasn't about glorifying God, and it wasn't about using their gifts for those around them. It was all about glorifying themselves. For example, those who could speak in different languages would talk and talk in worship, and they thought they were doing a great service to everyone around them. But they didn't stop once to ask if anyone could actually understand what they were saying. It would be like if I would preach the rest of my sermon in Greek. What good would that do? That's the situation that was happening in Corinth. The Corinthians had fallen into the trap of loving their gifts more than the people their gifts were intended for. And as a result, the church began to divide into groups. And the gifts that God had given them to knit them together, 
They were becoming the thing that was tearing the church at the seams. And Paul knew. Paul knew how gifted the Corinthians were, but he also knew they were missing the most important thing. The Corinthians had forgotten love. They loved to use their gifts. They loved to make a big show of how talented they were, but they'd forgotten to love each other. They had forgotten what love was completely, and so Paul wrote to them to spell it out for them. Here's what he wrote in his letter. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. The Corinthians' definition of love had grown so small. Their focus was on themselves and what their gifts could do. And God had blessed them with some special spiritual gifts. But they had forgotten to love those around them. Paul needed them to take their small definition of love and he needed it to expand, to become something so much greater. As we look at what happened in that church, we can say with certainty the Corinthians got it wrong. And as we look around at the world, we look at those around us, we see how they often get it wrong too. How they define loves in small, garbled terms. But how does my definition of love measure up? Do I have the kind of love that is only surface deep? Where I love with my words and actions, but not my heart? Or maybe it's the kind of love that hides away where I say I love someone, but I don't do anything to show it. Is it the kind of love that only loves so much as I'm loved, that picks and chooses who gets to be loved? We can find plenty of things wrong with the way the world defines love, but unfortunately, I'm not that different. Deep down, I have a heart that looks for shortcuts, a heart that wants to glorify itself, a heart that holds grudges all too easily and then gets upset when I see others doing the same. The thing is, I have a heart that sometimes defines love in such small terms. And so the problem isn't out there with the world. The problem is in here. It's a heart problem. Do you feel the same way? See what happens if you substitute your name for love in these verses. Let's try it out. Are you patient? Are you kind? How about this? Do you envy or do you boast? (laughs) Maybe so far so good. Maybe you're generally a kind person and maybe you have more patience than somebody else you know. But Paul says that's still just a small definition of love. Paul says that love never fails. Does your love never fail? 
You and I, we look at Paul's definition of love, what it is, what it should be, and we see the many ways and how often we fall short. And it's not a matter of me trying harder or just loving better. I need Jesus. I need a substitute to step in in my place to show me how to love. Because Jesus is patient. Jesus had disciples, his friends who often got it wrong and who, when danger showed itself, they were nowhere to be found, but Jesus forgave them. Jesus is kind. He always had time and love for the people that society was so unkind to. Jesus isn't rude either. In every situation, in every interaction he found himself in, he always behaved perfectly. Jesus isn't proud. He didn't once flaunt his gifts, his special gifts. Although if anyone ever had the right to do that, wasn't it Jesus? You see, everything that Paul says love is, Jesus is. And even more than that, Jesus wasn't just a person who lived a long time ago who just loved really well. Jesus is love. Because only love itself could have picked up the cross and died for someone like me, who has a heart like I do, who often forgets what love really is. And because of Jesus, because of that love, I'm not the object of God's wrath. Because of Jesus' love, God doesn't keep a record of my wrongs. Because Jesus' love paid the price, and God accepted that sacrifice because Jesus rose again from the dead. And on that day, God showed us without a doubt that love, true love, never fails. Jesus' love is the kind of love that we don't understand completely. Not yet, at least. Right now, we look at Jesus' love and we can only understand it as much as our human limitations will allow us. Paul says it's a little bit like looking at a reflection of something. We see it indirectly, but we don't have the full picture. We have faith in God now, but one day that faith will become sight. We have hope in God right now, a rock-solid, right here, right now, certain hope. But one day that hope will be realized. Because one day we'll come face to face with love itself. We'll meet the one who has loved us before time began and whose love for us will never have an expiration date. And that's why Paul could write to the Corinthians. That's why he can tell us with absolute certainty that the greatest of gifts is love. Not the love that we see cheaply played out in the world where we love until we see someone's ugly side. Because Paul says that Jesus loves me and. Jesus loves me and he knows me. Jesus doesn't look for some redeemable quality in my heart. He doesn't look for my silver lining. Jesus knows me completely. He knows my faults and my shortcomings, and he loves me anyway. That's the kind of world, the kind of love the world needs to know. Paul wrote that God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's the love 
my heart needs. It's the love you need, the love the world needs to understand. The Corinthians were a church that were defined by their spiritual gifts. But what about us? What kind of church will we be? When people come and visit and worship with us, what kind of words will they use to describe us? Let's be a church that's defined by Jesus' love. And even if you don't feel like you're as gifted as the Corinthians were, we're all given a gift that we can share. The poet Daniel March wrote it in his hymn. If you cannot speak like angels, if you cannot preach like Paul, you can tell the love of Jesus. You can say he died for all. That's the love that we can take to everyone around us. So take it to your homes. Take it to your workplace. Share that love. Live it. Not a love that just loves with words and actions, not just with our feelings and emotions, but with Jesus' love. A love that is free and unconditional. Everyone needs to know what true love really is and where it's found. And as we consider how we take that love to the world, let's take a look at our time and talents. But remember that you can give everything you have to the poor, You can be the smartest person in any room you walk into. You can even give your life up for someone else. But remember Jesus' love. Jesus' love is what animates us to love others. His love is the thing that makes our gifts worthwhile. We can serve others with our time and talents, but we pray that God would help us to remember Jesus' greatest gift, love. Love. What is it? To help us answer that question, we can remember who is love. Jesus is patient. Jesus is kind. He does not envy. He does not boast. He is not proud. He does not dishonor others. He is not self-seeking. He is not easily angered. He keeps no record of wrongs. Jesus does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. He always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Jesus never fails. Love is Jesus' legacy, and it's our defining characteristic. And by God's grace, we can take that love and share it with each other and the world around us. God grant that in our lives. Amen.